Beta testing, beta testing, beta testing. Here we go. This is the closet beta test. Welcome back, power collectors. I can already tell this audio is going to be better. I'm in a tiny little closet recording in Las Vegas. I do not hear a large echo in the background. I've turned up the gain and I've backed off the mic and set it at a slight angle with a new table. I'm using my wife's laptop. And it took me a while to log in, but we are back on Anchor Recording. If you're new to the podcast, this is a beta test. We have been testing various uh, configurations and computers and locations in the new Las Vegas, uh, I don't know, headquarter? Um, I guess that's what we're talking about here because I still have my office warehouse in uh, wine country. But this is the new global headquarters of Power Collectors. If you're new to the channel, welcome to the video game collecting hobby. We cover the graded game or certified video game market. When we talk about market and market cap, we're usually talking about Heritage, WADA, because those two companies have basically exploded our market capitalization. If you're new to the hobby, market cap means adding up the value of every single video game collected on the planet today. And I estimate that number went from 10 million to 100 million over these last 18 to 30 months. Today is the day before. Happy birthday to America. If you're listening abroad, thank you very much. Swiss Collect, thank you for giving me an audio check out there in Switzerland. I love you, bro. Thank you for sticking by me on my Patreon. I really love you, Swiss Connect. Um, we're already talking about Pokemon because we're talking about writing a book. We're talking about writing a book for you guys, studying you guys, studying power collectors, studying the girls, the queens of the hobby, the kings of the hobby, the princes, studying even the people that don't touch graded, like Joseph Leo, who does database. He does his own database. He's a power collector. He doesn't even own a single slab. You don't have to have slabs to be a power collector. Everybody is welcome. If you're growing the hobby, you are a power collector. We're getting close to this thesis. What is a power collector? A power collector simply grows the hobby. They don't just grow their collection. They grow the hobby. That's what the thesis is boiling down to, folks. So everybody is welcome. Switzerland, Germany, UK. I got to look at the stats, but the stats are crazy on the podcast. I think we have 8,000 downloads now. We have 170 episodes. We're just getting started. We have to dial in audio. We got to hire a team. And I'm still testing. But once we get to the point where we are professional grade, we are going to launch the podcast. This is all a beta test. The first 200 episodes are a beta test. We're going to be launching this podcast on the Las Vegas Strip. So if you come into town, DM me, get my phone number, text me, and I will meet you on the Strip. And we will go into a little studio, maybe a, a little condo on the Strip, hopefully with a you know, uh, a decent view or something, and we'll throw down some audio and video, and then you can go gamble the night away. I hope to do that during the days on the strip, maybe once a month or something, once every couple weeks. I know a lot of power collectors love visiting Las Vegas, because if you're a gamer, where is the gaming capital of the world? It's freaking Las Vegas, because everything is a game. Whether it's video poker, blackjack. I counted cards back in the day when I was a college student. I lived in Vegas for two weeks. And I tested the theory, like, can you make money counting cards? It came out to somewhere around minimum wage. 
but I lost all my money eating sushi and on roulette. So, you know, life is a game. Eating sushi is a game. Blowfish can kill you, right? I mean, we are all speculating that we're going to be alive tomorrow. That is a game. You are speculating that you're going to be here tomorrow to listen to the next podcast. We don't know. Aliens could land. There could be a tsunami. There could be a tornado. Appreciate every moment. Be grateful. Be thankful in this wonderful hobby that's just getting started. I'm feeling good in the closet. I'm feeling really good in the closet. So here's the deal. I'm writing a book proposal. I spent all day Saturday writing, 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 writing. It's been the first time that I can remember since my master's thesis titled The Hybrid Phenomenon, an analysis of the auto industry and how the Prius kind of opened the door to electrification. And then it took another 10, it took freaking what, 10, 20 years before Tesla took off. But the Prius, the first little funky Prius was like... Um, a phenomenon. So I, I spent a lot of time on that. I spent six years in grad school. I spent two to three years moving to Los Angeles, going through a divorce, bankruptcy, the last crash during the time I was writing my thesis. So the last time I spent a whole day writing and researching probably was pre-GFC. GFC, if you're new to economics, yes, we're going to be moving towards economics because that is the biggest hairiest thing in everybody's room right now. You can't see it, but it's there and it's looming. They're going to announce recession at any moment. So the last big recession was the GFC, Global Financial Crisis. That Before that time, I was in grad school. So bad timing on graduation, by the way. I feel for all the people graduating next year, it's going to be a tough, tough time in the economy. If you have kids coming out of college and they can't find a job and you want to start a business with them to give them something for their resume, get them on their feet without having a big gap in their resume, talk to me. Let's start a real corporation for your kids. Set them up a CFO, treasurer, and you can be CEO. They can be secretary or board of directors. They can do whatever they want. And on a resume, it looks beautiful if it's a corporation. And you want to do that in Nevada, maybe Delaware. There's a couple states that I would recommend. So where was I? I was talking about writing. So I spent all day yesterday writing and I've never been happier. I've never been happier. I think I'm happiest as a monk, as a Buddhist monk writer. I mean, you should see my bedroom. There's nothing in it. I have a bed and a, a couple boxers, socks, t-shirts, and shorts. That's it. I don't have anything. I'm not a hoarder. I wouldn't say I'm a minimalist. In other words, it's a conscious thing. Unconsciously, I don't want stuff. I want assets. I want financial comfort in my mind because I can't sleep, because I'm mentally ill, I'm bipolar. It's hard for me to sleep at night worrying about where's that rent coming from? How about that aircon we've been running all day? How much is our utility bill going to be? How are we going to uh, afford these organic you know, groceries that I need to keep my body healthy now that I'm aging? So that's what's really happened. I want to shout out my family, my mom and dad for kindly gifting me their rental properties up in northern Nevada. That really is what took me to a new place mentally. I'm looking at a little bit of passive income starting in August. We've got uh, 100 slabs. I just got an email from Valerie. I got another notification that more of my slabs are showing up. A lot of my slabs are showing up in multiple auctions for the rest of the year. So that, in a sense, is passive cash flow. I wouldn't call it passive income. 
because honestly, I will be taking losses and I hope to do a wonderful episode tomorrow. It's going to be the longest ever going over every single slab I bought, sold and traded in 2022 so far. So that is an example of caught, not taught. And I'm going back to the writing. I'm going through a book review. So writing a book proposal has nothing to do with writing the book, by the way. It's a business plan to pitch the book to existing publishers, most of which are on the East Coast. By the way, if anybody knows a literary agent that's connected to a publisher that enjoys small little projects in the self-help business collecting realm, please, 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 please connect me. That's really what I'm looking for. I don't need to start a Kickstarter. I don't need money. What I need is one agent and one small publisher to take a chance on a new author. I do have an MBA. I have you guys now as a small following. I have a great idea. I have um, authority and expertise in the niche. So I have everything that they want. The only two things I don't have is an email list and a connection. So those are the two things I'm looking for right now. I heard there's a Dark Horse Comics company up in Oregon. If there's anyone listening up in Oregon and you happen to have a connection to Dark Horse Comics Publishing, I would love to meet the people over there that take on small book projects because I think this book can help all the hobbies. If power collecting colon video games is well received, then we can simply change that to power collecting Pokemon, power collecting sports cards, power collecting comics. And I simply interview all the experts like Nerdy Girl in Comics or I just lost my screen. Okay, technical difficulties. It's back. Or uh, Neko Books in Comics or Vincent who owns Metropolis. I could easily do uh, power collecting comics by interviewing the best of the best, best in breed, best in class, expert, top dealers, figure out like the top collectors like Vinny and Dinesh and teach people the actions that power collectors takes. And that's what we're talking about today. This beta test is about one of the five books I picked out as comps in my book proposal, which is the business plan. So the one book that I think is current, the other four books are pretty much old school, but the one current book that I picked out just got dropped last month. We're talking June 2022. If you're listening to this in the future, this book got dropped right at the precipice of the recession going public in America when the Fed money printing party faded out and the gurus pretty much have disappeared. And we had a couple gurus still standing and one of them I respect. He's a religious man from Texas who had an alcoholic father who passed away a year ago and that inspired him as a multimillionaire to write a book and pretty much break even in the beginning. He pretty much had a, an event. If you bought a book, you got to go to the event for free and he was donating all of the proceeds to the catastrophe, the mass shooting that took place in Texas. So this guy to me is a good guy. And the reason he wrote that book is because his dad was a real tough man's man alcoholic that would come home either sober or drunk. And if he was drunk, that kid, Ed Milet, would try to grab daddy's hand and try to keep him away from the alcohol cabinet where he would go for the beef eater gin and, and hit eight more shots. I mean, this guy was seriously into the bottle, but he ended up quitting alcohol at like a, a turning point. Probably I'm guessing what the age of you guys, probably. <laughs> 
probably the age of most of you power collectors that are running the hobby. I would say his dad was probably 40 to 45 when he decided, you know what? I love my family. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do this one more time. That's really powerful stuff. If you don't know much about alcohol and, and verbal abuse, physical abuse, addiction, I, I know a lot about it. And it's not about, I want to quit. It's, I'm going to try to quit today. That is what it boils down to. I'm going to try to drop one more podcast today. I'm going to try to go and write another damn book today. I tried 24 times. I'm going to try to get health insurance one more time. By the way, I failed nine times getting health insurance. I literally applied through the website nine times over the course of three to four months from two different states on multiple laptops and internet connections. And finally, I would love to announce we now have health insurance. We are now insured. We found Japanese doctors. We found a clinic that can act as a primary care provider. The doctors speak English and Japanese. So my mom is, my mom um, is really relieved. My dad is really relieved. My family is really relieved. My wife, this will be the first time my wife can see a Japanese doctor living as an immigrant in America for almost two decades. So thank you, Las Vegas. Thank you, Nippon Clinic. We also found a place that can do natural medicine that's Japanese. And we found a, a provider called Friday. Thank you, Friday, for, for bringing us in. And it looks like I might be able to get free counseling. So really, it comes down to asking for help. It, it comes down to mostly men who, who who make the decision, do I love my family or do I want to destroy my family? And then it comes down to what can I do? And it comes down to I'm actually not strong. I'm weak. I can try today is what it comes down to. So Ed Milet's book is called um, The Power of One. And the one means one more decision. One more in Japanese, gambaro. That means give it my best one more time. I'm giving it my best today for the first time ever on episode 170 or whatever in a freaking closet. We don't, we, we don't even see where this fantasy studio is going to be. We're talking about giving one more try, one more effort today. Today. Today is all we have. We don't have the past because it can't be changed. We don't have the future because we can't predict it based on Freakonomics. That's one of my other books on my, my comp list is Freakonomics. He proves that luck is a major factor along with other external things that you cannot control or time. Those two things are the what do you call that? The X factor in becoming world-class, in becoming a power collector, in becoming a master, in becoming a provider. You, you have to have luck, timing, and some external factors that go your way that are unpredictable, such as a recession, such as a COVID-19, such as a, a heritage WADA exclusive relationship that just happened. So, man, it's hot in here. I got to take a drink, Michael. I'm going to do my best to start describing what I do because I realize there's a major thing missing from the podcast. I just took a drink. I drink a lot of water in Vegas, but what I do is I water down my drinks. 
So it's about one third water. It's a 16 ounce pint. Actually, this is probably 12 ounce glass. So we've got one third water and then we've got two thirds um, the power of seven or nine from Trader Joe's. It's a green juice that is produced in Turkey. I buy stuff at Trader Joe's because there's no artificial ingredients. I assume there's no GMOs. If it's non-organic, you have to watch out for pesticides. Oh, well, I'm sucking down some pesticides. But that's what I'm drinking today. I'm never drinking alcohol, if you did not know. I've never had a sip of alcohol on this podcast. Yes, I've had 200 pints of water and juice. And you may have never known that. And I've always assumed that you know that. So I just listened to a podcast interview with Ed Milet and Power of One. And here's what blew me away. He said, he was talking about raising children. And a lot of you power collectors probably do have children out there. And the reason you power collect is you give so much to your family, right? That you need time for yourself. You need self-healing. You need to take care of yourself. Your hobby, our hobby is a way for you to self-heal, take care of yourself. Um, nurture your childhood. Um, build pride, confidence, financial stability, a backup plan in case you do get laid off and you can't be that provider, right? So I don't have kids, but I'm going to go out on a limb based on what Ed said and the and the beautiful interview that he dropped. I wish I had that reference right now, but I'll, I'll DM me and I can, I can point you to the podcast. Um, I, I believe Ed. I he I don't he doesn't come across as a guru because look at his event he just did the max out event. He didn't sell anything. He said buy my book and you can come to the event. He didn't say buy my book and come to the event. Then I'm gonna sell you some fucking course or master class or get rich scheme. He didn't do that at all. He gave it all away. He gave all the money away. He gave all the knowledge away. But here's what he said that blew my blew my mind. He said when my kids watch me, they catch. They don't get taught. So caught, not taught. What does this mean? Caught, not, caught, not taught to me means the thinking versus the action. And the, the ironic thing is this book started a couple days ago. The old Power Collector book that I started writing two years ago that got up to 30 or 40 pages, that was all about tactics. Like what is a first print? Um, oval versus round. And all these these knowledge pieces. But the new book is about actions. It's about things successful people do that anybody can do and emulate. So that is the theory behind caught. It's about sharing actions that people take that are more successful than you that anybody can pick up and improve their life. So we're talking about self-help. I know that sounds a little freaking new age, but in the publishing world, business is the biggest category as far as um, profitable self-help. Like if you want to be a self-help author, I would think that like diet, um, losing weight, and probably business are the top two categories. So I'm so thankful if I'm going to become an author. By the way, the difference between a writer and an author, I'm a writer. I've been writing for 40 years. I've been on my keyboard every single day, writing emails, DMs, helping people. Um, writing podcast notes, whatever, writing uh, plans. But I've only been published on the master, master's thesis, one little article. So as far as an author, I have one little article. That's it. 
So to be a book author, it's really serious. I mean, there's hundreds of millions of people that want to do it, and it's freaking difficult. I mean, the book proposal itself has crazy components like biography, platform, all these things that are going to be very challenging. But I'm going to do it. I I really feel like I'm going to do it this time around because there's two reasons. I have a muse, and I want to meet my muse and my muse is, which is you guys, face-to-face someday. And since I have low self-esteem, I want to tell you what I'm doing for myself. And for myself, that's writing a book. I want to set up at a show and share my book and try to help the hobby, grow the hobby, share my knowledge. But I think that I've been making a mistake. I've been very theoretical, analytical, telling you what's going on in the market. But I have not been sharing what I do on a daily basis. So I'm going to make an effort, such as I'm drinking two-thirds green juice, power of seven you can buy at Trader Joe's, with one-third um, crystal geyser filtered spring water through the zero filter, which is an amazing water filter you can pick up on eBay or whatever. And, um, you know, I'm talking about putting clean stuff in my body because I'm clean now. I was not clean from 18 to 48. I was raging. And from 48 to 50, before I found you guys, I was kind of lost in grinding. I didn't have inspiration in my life. I watched the gurus, but I never believed I could do anything because I never believed I could build a team. Maybe I can build a team of publishing. Who knows? Man, it's hot in the closet. We're going to have to... Is there an aircon? Oh my God, there's no aircon port in the closet. I know the audio is great, isn't it? It's got to be. I can just feel it. The audio has to be great. I'm looking up top. Let me describe the closet. It's all white. I've got some of my wife's stuff in here. There's a comforter set. Oh, look at this. There's a SideQuest video games, Portland, Oregon bag. My wife collects bags, by the way. Um, anything from free. She's ecstatic when we go to Trader Joe's in Vegas and we get plastic bags for free. In Oregon, in California, we got charged 10 cents. So my wife always brought her natural grocer bags from up in Oregon. So I'm going to start sharing my life and what we actually do. And that's about caught, not taught. You can emulate what I do rather than listening to the analysis about HA and what all these other people you've never met do. But if I tell you what I'm doing, I'm going to assume under Ed Milet's theory that you are going to be able to catch some of the action Hopper takes and maybe his wife and his friends and that might be able to hopefully maybe not change someone's life but Kaizen is all, what it's all about, right? Just get a little better every day. So we got this bag up at SideQuest Video Games in Portland. Grand opening, Josh, the game father. We met his wife. I think we met his... I think we met one of his kids. So we went around the store. We used the scan tool. Amazon is what I always use. I scanned through PS2, PS3. I bought some slabs out of the front case. I scanned 3DS. I did not have time to scan Wii. Um, I bought a Wii game. I looked through the NES loose case. And I went to the back. He invited me in the back. I went to the bathroom. I remember seeing a a buffing machine for CDs and DVDs. And then we went to the front of the back and met his coder that's doing uh, prototypes and homebrew type of stuff. We talked about prototype testing. I picked up a couple prototypes for 1500 each. So all in all, I probably walked away with 50 games, um, all Ross, all, let's say, 
maybe 20 or 30 raw sealed. And then I wasn't going to grade those. Those were going to get flipped on Amazon. And then I bought, uh, I bought an Xbox OG Godzilla 9 something that I flipped. I think I made money on that. I bought a TN, TNMT3 uh, 9.0 CIB. And then I bought two prototypes. I still have the two prototypes. Adventure Island 2 and Boulder Dash. I flipped the T, the Turtles. I flipped the Godzilla. I think I flipped almost all the raw sealed. And I think we did our first deal ever meeting each other for the first time face to face. We did like a four or $5,000 deal. And either his wife or him threw in a side quest games, Portland, Oregon, beautiful bag that my wife put in her closet. Let's see what's inside. I mean, do you like this stuff? I don't know what's in here. She's got stuff in bags all over. She's a bag collector. She's really cool. I collect cardboard boxes. My wife collects, uh, you know, cloth and reusable echo bags. They're called echo bags in Japan. It's a big thing because I think Japan is also doing the recycling thing. Japan actually builds um, garbage islands. They take their garbage, they process it, and they build islands. They try to expand the land the very little land that the country owns. I do believe Osaka Airport is built on an artificial island. So when you fly into, is that West Japan? By the way, Nintendo has nothing to do with Tokyo. If you are planning to, you know, like my dream would be to go to Nintendo, interview Miyamoto and ask him, was Gunpei Yokoi your senpai? You know, was Yokoi your inspiration in taking your game to a whole nother level so if you fly into that side of japan i think it's called western japan not east it's a whole different ball game you don't say good morning in western japan you say how's business today that's the rough translation of ohayo gozaimasu which means good morning um it's also something you say in tokyo every time you meet someone for the first time in the workplace you say Good morning, even if it's 3 p.m., if it's your first time meeting. That's just a polite way of saying, I see you for the first time today. I didn't get to say good morning. I'm saying it now. In Western Japan, it's how's business today? That's how you greet people. It's very different. That's the old capital. That's where Kyoto is. That's, uh, I don't know if we have something like that. Maybe a Philadelphia or a Boston in America. Something like that, maybe. Like, not New York not DC. It could be New York. I don't know. We don't really have that because we didn't have Shogun warlords running the running the uh, country. I guess maybe we could use the South's capital. I don't know where that was. I don't know much about American history. Um, you tell me, where is the equivalent of Kyoto in America? So that's the old capital. That's where the old history of everybody goes to Kyoto, but really you need to go to Osaka if, and then you need to find Nintendo, right? So you're going to be flying into a garbage island. You're going to be flying into plastic bags and stuff like that and then taking a train in. I don't know how I got on that tangent, but basically that's another dream is to take all you guys to Japan, right? I know Chris is on board at Trade-In Games, and I know this would be a packed tour. The Hopper Tour to Japan, can you just imagine that? After the two books come out, Power Collecting Video Games, Power Collecting Pokemon, um, Swiss Connect just told me to, Swiss Collect told me to hook up with Nido. Um, there's a PhD student from Saudi Arabia and Japan who's doing a lot in the Pokemon space, sharing knowledge about variants over there. I mean, I want this to be a global hobby, baby. I want this to be global. I mean, you should look at my podcast stats. I can't even do a screenshot because it's so long, but it's all the world. People, 
That's why I'm that I've said it over and over again. Why am I permeable? It's because of the global potential of this to become a 10 million market, 100 million market based on America, and then a billion dollar market. I truly believe that. I don't know how big sports cards and Pokemon are, but I believe video games can be as large. I think we're one tenth as large, if that. I think for every 10 Pokemon collectors, for every 10 sports card collectors, there's probably one video game collector, or at least one crossover guy that has or a girl that has three slabs on their on their closet wall along with a bunch of Funko and Pokemon and sports cards or whatever. Well I learned something today at the first recording in the closet. I'm going to need to get some sort of portable air conditioner, uh, a jug of water. Um yeah this is a basic setup. We got one laptop, one mic, one mouse and one glass of green juice. So where were we? Caught, not taught. How do you like it? How do you like Hopper sharing personal stories describing what happened in his life and then the actions he took? How do you like it? So here's what I'm going to do. Based on his thesis, most lessons are caught, not taught. We're going to reset the podcast. Up until now, I was teaching, teaching knowledge, teaching data, teaching analysis, um, theories hypothetical situations, future predicting. But I think what's missing in the podcast up through, let's say, beta testing in Vegas was stuff that you can catch. And I'd like to shout out JG on Facebook for subtly mentioning that long time ago, and I didn't pick up on it, but it comes down to more Hopper opinion. What is Hopper doing? And what is his opinion rather than just reporting so today i'm going to try something new i'm going to go through the games that i bid on and tell you why so the action is i placed money in into the middle of the table i placed the bet on the game and the question is why so dungeons and dragons i think that's i think that's um Evergreen. When you talk about RPGs, I think it comes back to Dungeons and Dragons 96A++. That's a beautiful grade. I will bid on a 96A++ on anything I believe on. Believe in. Donkey Kong. In television 96NS, I would bid on that all day because I'm holding a 9-4 and I want to see the 9-6 beat my 9-4. So I will support that position. Green screenshot CIB. I will jump on anything 7-8 to eight first print or in this case first or second print cib of a heavy that's ten thousand dollars or more sealed because i'm not going to spend ten thousand dollars on a sealed game player's choice nintendo 64 the reason i bid on this is because i have a lower grade and i want to see if i can upgrade 988 plus plus tmnt gamecube i've seen this come up it's a slutty game i want to see if i can get it below market 988 plus plus mde super mario wii i bid on this because i happen to have one coming at heritage so i'm supporting the position on that Armored Core, Master of Arena 988+. I bid on this because I have an Armored Core Series 1 988+, or better, maybe a 988 coming to market. So I want to support the bottom. Chess Master Longbox. I bid on Longboxes for fun to see if I can steal on Dokopan Kingdom. I think I have one of these. I want to support the bottom. Jack 2, I really believe in that franchise. I believe Sony characters and stories are still undervalued. I don't even think they've taken off yet. 988++ is just an insanity grade. Jack 3. 
bid on that as well. Forza, I believe that when you look at the Xbox library, you pick out a few games that are going to go on forever. Evergreen content in the digitization, it's going to be your Halo and Forza, right? Exclusives is what the key word is out there in the hobby. Halo 2, I have a DNSB. I want to see where this 968 plus second print goes. So I'm tracking it. That's another reason to place a bid is to track the item. You track it a lot different if you're looking at it versus you put money into the middle of the poker table, right? That's exactly caught, not taught. If you're watching something, you think it's going to teach you a lesson. You might be wrong. You might have to put money into the table to actually feel emotion when that thing goes off so that you never forget that number. It's very different. You're going to forget the games you didn't bid on. You're not going to really forget the games that you bid on, even if you don't win them. This is working. This is really priceless knowledge. Thank you, Ed Milet. Milet. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. You are another muse that appeared. What did Buddha say? When the student is ready, the teachers will appear. I'm going to put a plural on that, Buddha. It's not one teacher. I found seven teachers over the last 24 hours. This Vegas energy is just unbelievable. It's That's why there's so many YouTubers here. There's more free agents in vegas making more on average than anywhere else in the country we're talking youtubers writers editors filmers audio whatever it is they're here in vegas if you want to become a creator move to vegas i estimate we're going to save a hundred thousand dollars on rent utilities gasoline insurance stuff like this maybe some things are more expensive like water Water's more expensive and air conditioning is more expensive. Everything else, rent is going to be a thousand, you know, a thousand a month, maybe even twelve thousand a year. And income taxes, if you're making two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, a half million, you can save six figures by moving to Vegas and maybe keeping your existing home as your summer home. I don't recommend summers in Vegas, although. Tomorrow, there's going to be insanity fireworks going off on 20 casinos. I mean, if you can get a drone in the sky, that's that's for Brian out there in the wine country. If you can get a drone up there on July 4th in Vegas, that would be a reason to visit in summer. I'm not going to the Strip. I don't go out much at all. I'm in a closet in Vegas. Okay, Star Wars, Obi-Wan, Star Wars, Evergreen. And by the way, if you're new to the hobby, Evergreen means it probably will survive digitization it means the franchise is going to survive into in eternity and one of the theories on power collecting and power collectors is that power collectors think about the hobby after they're dead they think about where the hobby's going in 10 20 40 50 100 years i think about aliens landing and handing them a water slab and saying this is american art this is bicultural, made in Japan, slabbed in America art. This is what human beings did at the genesis of the internet age. To me, that's why I'm a long-run permeable. I can take these slabs all the way to Mars. I mean, I swear to God, if Elon Musk gets to Mars, we've got to get a WADA slab of whatever PC game he played and put it on a spaceship. I mean, that is a power collector. That's how power collectors think. Elon Musk thought about going to Mars before he even created Tesla. And he's not even close to getting Mars. By the time we land on Mars, he might be dead. 
That is a power entrepreneur. He's thinking beyond his family, beyond his wealth, beyond his assets, beyond his factories, beyond his companies, beyond the boring company, beyond Tesla. He's thinking about future generations on earth. That's where seven generation comes in. That's where the Japanese long-term business planning comes in. They think out three generations when they build products. That's why Kaizen, it comes down to getting better every day. That's all you can do. If you want to be relevant in 30, 40, 50 years, your grandkids want, if you want your grandkids to remember you, you know, you've got to do something now. You got to write a book now, make a podcast now, make a bet now, make a move now, quit your job now, start a company now. Time, I don't know, you know, Gary V, patience, patience, patience. I don't know about that's the one. I love Gary V. Gary V helped start this podcast. But I don't know about patience. If you have health issues, if you have mental illness, if you have a disability, if you're on uh, medicine, if you you know are susceptible to getting COVID nineteen and can't travel, you know patience. I don't know about patience. I kind of disagree on that because personally, um, I work so hard. I'm on the edge of a painful breakdown every day. I push it so freaking hard i guess i'm a power entrepreneur but i haven't hit a jackpot yet aliens versus predator 96a plus plus i think i bid on that because i'm protecting the bottom when i say protecting the bottom it means i have a similar piece either in my portfolio or inventory or it's going to heritage so i'm protecting the heritage comp versus the ebay plus you know if it goes low i'll take another piece in dollar cost average if you're new to investing dollar cost average means you get into an equivalent or better piece for the same or less price than you paid on the other one. And that's going to happen as we come down. Here's a perfect example. NFR, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, second print, I do believe, pack in. Oh my God, I bid on this without looking at the back of the label. Okay, I made a mistake, but I got outbid. I bid 500 and got outbid immediately. The first thing you'll notice in the lower right is not for resale in the white box where there's supposed to be a UPC symbol. If you scroll to the slight, Left of Dolby, right of warning, you will see 83886206 US. That was a part number. But the part code that you're going to see on the WADA label is the last five digits 206 US. This is a six, which means it's early. I do not recommend buying an MW2 207 because you're talking third print or later. Um, I believe this is a seminal american video game i would say halo is number one and you would want the halo nfr i disagree with 002 halo black label retail yes that's nostalgic but i look at the aliens when i meet an alien i want to say this is the first microsoft video game this was part of the bill gates pre-release white box console that's what i want to say to an alien when i'm floating around and my spirit is out there pumping games forever, right? I want to say this is a 206 with UPC barcode that is a holy grail I couldn't find. So I had to compromise and buy the pack-in, which is going to have a higher percentage of mint copies on the pop report when it drops. But you know what? I got outbid faster than I've ever gotten outbid. And I'll share more caught. When I go, I used to just put stuff on my watch list, but in the buyer's market, I've been bidding on stuff. As soon as Clubhouse closes out, I'll go bid on the next weeklies. 
and I'll place a $100 bid on every game I'm interested in. It doesn't mean I want the game. It means I want to track it with my emotions. And I just learned something. This is the first time I put in a high bid on the first day. I mean, we're several days from the auction and we're at 525 on a modern game, 630 all in. I've never seen this. So MW2, from what I understand, is the seminal esports game. So this is one of those periods in history where what came before was completely different than what came after MW2. So I would say after MW2, I'm guessing you've got this concept called sandbox, which I don't know much about. But from what I understand, being a tech guy in terms of hardware, is that we're talking about capacity of the world in terms of data. So if you look back before the internet age, it started with cassettes. There were no open worlds. Then we went to floppy five and a quarter. You could have an Ultima one semi-open world. That game was decades before its time, but you would have to load in floppy disks on the big big games, and it wasn't in real time. So if you go if you went off the screen, you would many times go into a dungeon, you would have to load in another floppy disk. So it wasn't a real-time open world. It was a closed world that was kind of an iteration. And that's why Super Mario was so revolutionary in my mind is because it took the same hardware, but it gave you the feeling that you were in an open world, even though it was chunks of data, right? And I don't know how they did that. Um, I, I, will, I will give kudos to Nintendo for opening up multi-screens. I was a Defender kid. My favorite game in the arcade was Defender. Um, I'm pretty much a master on Defender. Not a super master, but I can, you know, I can get past the several screens. And and that was an example of where open world came from. A fast moving game in real time where you were blowing, you know, left and right into this kind of loop of a world. But anyway, Fortnite, Minecraft, that came after MW2. Whereas before MW2, you've got Defender or Super Mario or these other platformers, right? It was platformers, platformers, platformers. Are there any platformers? You tell me. Are there any platformers that blew up after MW2? And what are we talking on this? Are we talking 2006 or something? I don't even know. 2009, I mean, oh my God. I mean, this is so recent. So anyway, um, I've never seen myself get outbid on a modern game um, aggressively like this. This is just absolutely insane. Yes, I'm pumping. And you know what? I think power collectors are allowed to pump because if you're pumping the market, go for it. If you're pumping your game for your selfish collection, not allowed. If you're pumping the whole esports community and you think MW2 seminal like me, pump the shit out of it, right? Pump the shit. I'm pumping the shit out of this game. And if you have a 206 UPC barcode, if it's a 9A or, or above, I am buying 9-4 Donkey Kong in television. How much time do we have? 14 minutes. We got more time. We're going to go through all the shit I bid on last week too. So last week, 9-4 um, NS Donkey Kong went for 240 all in. That's that's pretty low. 7-0 Matt Sticker, Duck Hunt, I believe. Gumpei Yokoi will go down as one of the godfathers of game development, if not the godfather for hardware development. Hands down, 
with the light gun, the Game & Watch, and the D-pad that changed everything in console gaming. I think Duck Hunt is his, what do you call it, um, masterpiece. Like, my hero, Van Gogh, I love you, bipolar Van Gogh, who drew his masterpiece in a mental hospital. I went to a mental hospital because of uh, dealing cards to Japan and the Asian financial crisis, the Freakonomics that took place. He drew that shit looking out the bars of his mental hospital by catching, capturing pictures in his brain and then later painting that stuff out from the brain download, which was very different than what people were painting back then. They were painting pictures they were looking at, kind of like taking a photo, photo, photograph. He changed the game, just like MW2, just like Duck Hunt changed the game. So did SMB1. But to me, Game & Watch changed the game. Look at the history of Nintendo as a company. Why did the NES get dropped in a different way? It was because of Game & Watch, because some guy in Europe got the Nintendo license to drop Game & Watch, and that changed the game because they allowed Western tastes into the influence of um, game development in Japan. And let's face it, duck hunting isn't something you do in Japan. That is an American thing. And I'm emotionally involved. My parents, one of my parents' first dates was duck hunting. I, I, I mean, they're very different people now, but we're talking back in the 60s. So yeah, I mean, my, my white dad took my, my Japanese immigrant mother when she was a, a college student duck hunting. That must have blown her mind. But uh, Duck Hunt, I'm always buying Duck Hunt. The problem with this, it had some sort of water damage. There was a White Bullets Tyson. You know me. I'll bid on White Bullets all day, all day, every day. SMB, 70 CIB, mid. Um, I just wanted to bid on that to see where flatbacks landed versus hang tabs. NES cleaning kit. I had had one of those and flipped it quick. I will buy anything that's flipped before. So anything that I've sold, I will do it again. It's called rinse and repeat, grind, hustle, whatever you want to call it. That went for $1,000 out of my price range. My price range now in a buyer's market is $500. I want nine eights for 500 or less. And I am I am buying some. Mario, maybe up to 1,000. Catwoman, 988++. I was just curious where that would land. That's a, a curiosity play. 80B, courtside Kobe Bryant. This is emerging as the Kobe Bryant because it's cardboard. Um, I bought and sold quite a few of those. Sold one to the whale in a large deal in Q4. And I was curious where it would land. It didn't do so good. The ceiling's not very good. Donkey Kong Classics, I'm protecting my position there. That was a really disappointment showing me that market is really, really down, even on cardboard high-grade 96A++. Zelda. Um, Master Quest, I bid on that just because I was curious about Zelda Disc. I bid on the Sonic 7.5 CIB, protecting my position 8.0 I have. That went very low at 3.20, but I think that was around half of what I paid on the 8. I bid on the Veronica because I've actually bought and sold one. This was a rare situation where I did a broker deal for an Instagram follower in Europe, I think Germany, and he, uh, he had bought a game from me, and then he said, can you get me a game? And I said, sure, I can get you any game in America for no sales tax and send it over as a gift. And um, I think we did a 9-4 Veronica SDC on eBay. Um, if you're new to the hobby, SDC is Sega Dreamcast. Um, I think it was a 9-4 A or A plus and we bought it on eBay for three or four. And I just charged like a $100 brokering fee. I sent it over 
and he got it. He was real happy. So I figured, you know, if there's one buyer out there for a game, my theory is there's probably another buyer out there. That's how we sold Raw Seal for 10 years on Amazon. We simply kept buying the games that would sell. And and many titles we would sell 100 times over. You know, WWE franchises. I mean franchises. Harry Potter franchise. We would sell those games over and over and over. It's called, you know, re-up, restocking, whatever you want to call it. So I was re-upping on Veronica. I lost it. 500 it went off for a grand grand theft auto 2 um that was a curiosity because there's no high level wada pops on that so 948 plus i was curious it went for 2600 not bad hardball 5 i don't know why i bid on that it was a long box same with crazy ivan crazy ivan i bid on it because of the craziness i'm crazy too resident evil always bid on that stuff on the disc side of things excluding gamecube if it's high grade 988 plus how could you go wrong 968 plus finest hour you know me there's really two disc um american franchises that i believe are worthy of aliens and that's going to be halo and call of duty god of war 2 i bid on that because i bought and sold that before guitar hero same story there the problem is i'm being anal about it and i'm backing off second prints and i can never win a first print because i'm cheap Tekken 5, bought and sold a trillion of those, raw, sealed, graded, it doesn't matter, all was good. Uh, Tomb Raider, Angel of Darkness, I'm bleeding out on this position, so I'm just trying to see where the bottom is, and it's pretty damn low. It went for 100 bucks, 94A. Half-Life 2, I've been eyeing this piece, stalking it a bit. Um, I should have jumped on it at 660. I would have jumped on it at 4, I bid 4. I'm in on that at 5, so that's one of the things I'm stalking. Tyson, Disc. Bad game, heavyweight boxing, 968 plus. I bid on that, protecting my position. And then MW2, I've already pumped that up. I won that. All the rest of the games I talked about above, I have I have either been outbid or lost. Tutankham, 988 plus, I lost out on that. Punisher, 92B plus, that was a bidding war I lost out on. Hulk, 948 plus, protecting my position. I got a 98. You can see that on my video on Instagram. Just posted that yesterday. Jeopardy, 968 plus, plus um sometimes i build subsets so i have a jeopardy 98 sega cd thinking about adding other jeopardies to that if i can get them low john madden this is a this is a position i did win water 70 cib and the reason i bought this was because i wanted the mint cart and mint manual because if you don't know i had a vga 85 qualified i sent into wada it did not come back with mint cart and manual it came back with like eight five box I don't know, 8.5 manual, 9.0 cart or something like that. And that taught me a lesson. That taught me a 9.2 or above cart and manual in pretty much anything. Anything in Pat the Punk's collection all the way up to a qualified VGA 85 is not going to come back. 9.0, and definitely not 9.8. So I spent $300 to buy a shitty box and basically 100 So I spent, you know, 12 bucks for the box. With water damage but i bought the mint carton manual for 150 each can you do that on ebay i doubt it rocky i love schwarzenegger and stallone as franchises whether you love or hate the people i'm talking about franchises media franchises there are very few human beings on the planet that have built a media franchise in other words their name is synonymous synonymous with selling 
seven to eight figures of media, whether that's movies, video games, comic books. I don't care. It could be Winnie the Pooh, you know, but that's not a real person. So I think those type of properties are few and far between, few and far between. And I have a position in the Rocky number one, which is, believe it or not, ColecoVision. And I think ColecoVision has two significant first prints, and that would be Rocky number one. You're looking at silver boxes, not black boxes. And Donkey Kong number one. Jeff, Silver Age Collector on Instagram, thank you for showing me your pick. Yes, you can find a grail in a fucking video game shop still today. That was found sealed. I think you got a 7ONS. We're talking about the six months earlier release of the first American appearance of Mario on ColecoVision, which got bundled with the console. So the UPC retail box is not only short, it's first, it's a grail, it's a holy grail, and you're never going to find one. And somehow he found one. So there is one on eBay for 30 to 40 grand. I think if you like the pioneers of video game, there is no bigger pioneer than ColecoVision because they had the Nintendo license at one moment in time. And then they fucked up by creating an Atom Computer version of Donkey Kong, which created the divorce, which led to letting go of American companies, including Atari, and the NES became the NES instead of the Atari NES. So I think personally that when we meet aliens and you're going to have to describe why Mario sold for $10 million, you're going to have to talk about that story. You're going to have to talk about ColecoVision, Atari, Nintendo, the divorce, and the first console release. And right below that is Donkey Kong for $400, 800 Obviously, I bid on that. Come on. I bid thir- I bid eleven. I bid thirteen hundred all in in the poker table, and I was the underbidder. I happened to have one of those. I sent it to VGA. It came back qualified, which sucked. Came back 85 qualified. The good thing about qualified is you do get a certificate that says the innards are authentic. So I sent it to Heritage. It's coming up for auction. The 85 sealed went for 15 all in. What does my 85 qualified go for? Half? This is a good test. I would love to get a sealed version, although that had a price tag sticker. And generally as a dealer, I don't like price tag stickers anymore. And I did bid on a couple others in Pioneers, The Amazing Spider-Man. I just put a $100 bid on that. Alien, $100 bid. Um, I think Alien is one of those evergreen goats, maybe, or goat bubble. You know, maybe not a Luca, but... You know, not a Jordan, not a Charizard, not a Superman, but Alien is one of those franchises that could go forever. And if we do meet aliens, that would be a decent conversation piece. Then there was the Asteroids Telegames. I think that probably gets the most chatter in Clubhouse among the, let's say, 50-year-old crowd. Um, you know, black boxes in Atari are, are black boxes across the board. Probably not a bad investment because it's it's easy to understand. When you get complicated, people don't tend to push their chips into the table as quickly. So the asteroids went off for 15. I'm looking at that and I'm thinking that's a good buy. That's a really good buy. That that's when people realize that every single GPS system on the planet, whether it's a, an iPhone, an Android, a computer, that little triangle on the Tesla screen 
the roots of that triangle were Nolan Bushnell's, you know, he did a lot after Atari. The first Atari, he did a lot. Like he tried to start, he tried to help start 200 tech companies before venture capital even existed as far as I'm concerned. This guy was a pioneer left and right. And one of his companies, I do believe, developed the triangle into GPS. And that idea, I do believe, came from the asteroids triangle. So you know me, I'm a historical pumper because I'm living I'm living for the day when I get to, to pump video games to aliens. You know, what are the most valuable things on Earth? I think it's going to be things that capture historical evolution of human beings. And I think physical video games are going to have a place because I really believe in holodecks and Star Trek. My favorite show right now is Strange New Worlds. I love it because it's a it's a one hour adventure. You don't have to know anything. You do, you could have missed the last 10 episodes and still sit back, enjoy, boom. That's how it was in the 70s. I like it. But if you meet aliens, you're going to have to talk about history, right? And video games has a place in history because even the military has used video games. Life is a video game. You know, everything's a video game. And with artificial intelligence emerging, I do believe life will become a video game in uh, virtual reality, you know, decks. The last game I bid on was Crazy Climber. Uh, I guess any game that has crazy in the title, I'll jump on it. 9.6A++. That is just an insane rarity. Um, obviously, that's got to be top of the pop. The whole sealed pop has got to be pop. I don't know. One to five is what I'm guessing. That's called one handful pop. You know, one hand pop on crazy. The cover is just insane. The artwork, the red with the yellow pumping, and it says arcade. I wonder if I played this in the arcade. But um, that reminds me of Spider-Man. Yeah, I think I have played this. That reminds me of Spider-Man on Atari. Um, I guess you could call it a vertical platformer. So that's the catch. I hope you caught some knowledge that you actually remember because you felt Hopper's emotion and the thinking of why he took action and pushed chips into the table. Pushing chips into the table is not as hard as you think. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. Placing $100 bids is really easy. Placing $50 bids is really easy. Then what you can do, and this is what I do, I'm going to close on this, is take notes before the auction. Take notes of all the positions that you're interested in, and then write your valuation and if it lands below your valuation, why not enter live bidding, right? So play life like a video game. Try something new. Take notes before the auction and put skin in the game a few days before the auction so that's in your um, your my bids on Heritage. And then attack this buyer's market. Attack this recession. Take opportunity. My loss is your gain. I just bought two games I put on Instagram that were bought on Heritage. I bought them for half price on eBay. Try something new. Get back up every time you get pushed down or fall down or fail. And someday you will become a power collector.